If you can't get your blood sugar under control, you'll never get your cortisol release, your circadian rhythm under control. And I don't think people realize that because they're like, oh, I skip meals sometimes or I'm rushing or, you know, I'm driving and eating or I get hangry, you know, I get hypoglycemic. Your body is going to do what it can to fix you and to balance you. But if you keep abusing the system, you're going to continually have a messed up system. So you have to address it. It's one of the first things you have to address. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Have you ever wondered about what hormone tests you need to take in order to identify which hormones, if any, are imbalanced in the body? Now, this is a question that I get every single day on social media, and I decided to bring on one of the most knowledgeable hormone testing experts to break it all down for us today. Are you as excited as I am? Dr. Carrie Jones is the medical director for the Dutch Hormone Test. Now, Dutch is an acronym that stands for Dried Urine Total Complete Hormones from Precision Analytical Labs. And what I love so much about this test is that it is very unique in that it actually tracks our metabolic pathways and our hormone metabolites from a dried urine sample. What makes it even more awesome is that you can do it at home, and we're gonna be talking about that today. Now, this hormone test includes cortisol, cortisone, estradiol, estrone, estriol, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and melatonin. Not only does this test look at all of those hormones and how they interconnect together, because no surprise, your hormones are constantly connecting with one another and shifting because of one another as well. This test is also going to be measuring cortisol and cortisone rhythm and levels and your estrogen metabolism pathways, because it's really important to know that your estrogen is being sent out the door through detox pathways every single second of the day. And we need to know exactly where in that pathway we can actually track to make sure that estrogen is going down the pathways that are safely excreting it versus the pathways that could be creating more opportunities for cancer. Now, estrogen and cortisol are going to be the two areas that we're really going to dive in today because these hormones play such a big role in how our bodies are functioning, how we feel, not only daily, but also throughout the month. So we're going to get into this. I think you're going to love it because it's going to give you so much insight in understanding how your body works. And what I also think you're going to love is the ease and grace of this test and how you can actually take your health back in control because you don't have to ask a doctor to order this test. You can actually order it yourself, which I think is super cool. Now, before I bring on Dr. Carrie Jones, I just want to take a moment and celebrate you. Now, one particular healing rock star is Kelsey, and I'm excited to shout out her win that she shared on iTunes just a couple weeks ago. Here is what Kelsey had to say. Dr. Marisa, I have recently started listening to your podcast and have followed you on social media. I've learned so much about autoimmune disorders and ways to help take care of myself. As a 26-year-old woman living with a few autoimmune disorders, I have learned so much in how to help manage my symptoms in natural and healthy ways, but also you are so upbeat and inspiring, and I love all the wonderful ways that you help women to be the best they can be. Keep doing you, girl. Much love. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Kelsey. Much love to you. 
And I just wanna take a moment and just celebrate your big win. You know I understand that autoimmune journey all too well and it can be challenging to navigate. And I'm so grateful that we have devoted so many episodes and brought on some of the best experts to really shed light on what is possible because those healing miracles are right around the corner. Now, Kelsey, if you are listening, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. Part three of that book has been such a big win for me in my own autoimmune journey, and I would love for it to help you as well. So feel free to just reach out to me on social media, either Facebook or Instagram, whatever you love to plug into, and I can't wait to get that copy in the mail to you. Now, if you are listening for the first time, welcome to the show. This podcast is all about empowerment. And if it has helped you in any way, I'm talking about any episode has brought anything to light for you, I would love to hear your story and I would love to shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or by simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes. And let me tell you, iTunes is the gold standard out there so that we can continue to get this message out to as many women who need it. Because guess what? Women need to understand how to test their hormones. They need to understand how their hormones are functioning so that they can make powerful decisions about their health because so often we're not being guided in the right direction. So I can't wait not only to continue to support you, but to continue to support more women. And through you, that is how we do it. Now, one little thing I wanted to just mention really quickly, I had felt inspired to create a a hashtag for this podcast. And I've been using it on Instagram. Haven't been using it on Facebook as much. I find that hashtags on Instagram is where I like to use them. But it is the hashtag health CEO. And it's just health CEO. And it's super simple, super easy to use, but I thought this would be such a great way to connect with you and to connect with our community. So I'd love for you guys, if you're ever feeling inspired with Insta or social media to share that hashtag, not only so I can continue to support you in that way as well, but just learn about your health journey in social as well. All right. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Dr. Carrie Jones. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about her and sing her praises. Dr. Carrie Jones is an internationally recognized speaker, consultant, and educator on the topic of women's health and hormones. She graduated from the National University of Natural Medicine, School of Naturopathic Medicine in Portland, Oregon, and she completed her two-year residency in women's health, hormones, and endocrinology. She is now the medical director for two large integrative clinics in Portland and the medical director of Precision Analytical, the creator of the Dutch Hormone Test. This woman knows exactly what she's talking about. Let's welcome her on. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Carrie Jones. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm so glad to be on this. I'm so glad that you reached out and said, let's talk hormones. My favorite thing. Exactly. I'm so glad you said yes. I had been dreaming of having you come on here for quite some time. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to reach out to her on Instagram and then cross my fingers and click my heels and see what happens. And here we are. Here we are. (laughs) 
you know what? We are going to be talking about a topic that all of my ladies love to hear, and that is hormones and hormone testing. Most importantly, the testing that I talk about all the time, that I recommend all the time, and that is the Dutch testing. And not only are we going to talk about Dutch testing, but we're talking about estrogen detox and the cortisol awakening response. These are two areas that we focus on. But to get to hear your expertise around this after analyzing so many tests over the years, I'm so excited to be able to share your brilliance today. Yeah, thousands, thousands of tests that I can bring all that and let ladies know what's going on. Well, I want to just start quickly with your story and take a moment and say, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for not only being the medical director for the Dutch test, but also wanting to deeper understand what's happening with women's bodies, what's happening with our hormones, and then relaying that information to the public in such a way that feels so simple and easy to understand. So how did you decide that this was the work that you wanted to do? Actually, I've known since I, forever, since I was a little girl, that I wanted to be a doctor and go into women's health. I thought for a while I would do OBGYN in pediatrics, and then I realized, no, <laughs> I definitely like adults, and I definitely like women's health and hormones. And I know a lot of practitioners have like really deep, personal, hormonal, crazy stories themselves that motivated them. And mine was actually, thankfully, not, not so bad. My hormone history is not so bad, but it was just the education. I have such a huge passion for education, and it turned out female hormones is what I understand. It's like a second language to me. I, I picked it up very quickly and I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can turn around and teach this. I can turn around and educate about this. And I love to do so. I love to just nerd out over it. And I really help, love to help women just really understand their bodies at a basic level, it, like the hard stuff at a basic level. I find um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I find that a lot of women are just really confused but hurting. And if I can just provide a bunch of free information, like, girl, here, this is how we break it down. This is what it means. This is what's happening. Then women go, okay, I feel so much more empowered. Now I understand it. Now let's, let's do what I need to do. And I love that. I love when women write and they're like, nobody has ever explained that to me before. I'm like, great. I did my job. That's what I want to do. And it's so true. Nobody has ever explained it to us before, right? A lot of us out there, a lot of women don't even necessarily understand how their menstrual cycle works, let alone what hormones are dictating all the different things inside of the body. The first question or the biggest question that I get all the time, and I know it's the question that you get, I bet you get this question, even though it's very obvious, the answer. Like, and so I bet people are asking you, well, Dr. Carrie Jones, what hormone test should I be testing? And you're like, <laughs> you know that I'm the medical director for the Dutch test. So talk to me about the Dutch test and the difference between your standard blood test and even your standard salivary test. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Break it down because no matter what, docs, patients are still going in, they're still getting standard blood tests, they're not being put into the window where they should be tested. You know, a lot of these factors are not being taken into account, and they're really not getting the right kind of information that they want from these, these tests. Yeah, absolutely. Just like you said, there's three different main kinds of testing. There's blood testing, which we do for all sorts of things. We do it for red and white blood cells. We do it for liver enzymes, cholesterol. We do it for thyroid. But when it comes to hormones like your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, it does give you those hormonal numbers, but it doesn't give you anything about your pathways. And it doesn't really give you any information about your cortisol because you get your blood drawn once, but your cortisol changes throughout the day. So then came along saliva testing. And with saliva testing, it was easy. You spit in a tube, unless you 
can't make saliva or unless you don't like to spit, but you could do it throughout the day. And when you did it throughout the day, you could get those cortisol numbers around lunch, around dinner, before bed, and now you could see your cortisol pattern. Well, you still couldn't get your pathways. So then came along more advanced urine testing. And with urine testing, you can still pee on a stick, you know, a little piece of filter paper throughout the day. You'd still get your cortisol pattern. You still get all your hormones. But because it's urine, you get what we call their pathways or metabolites. And that's like, I make estrogen, but where does it go? Does it go down the less cancer pathway, the more cancer pathway? I make testosterone. Where does it go? Does it go down the pathway that causes hair growth on my chin and cystic acne and male pattern baldness? Or does it go down the other pathway? And when women get this information, it just gives them so many light bulb moments of, oh, that's why I have acne on my chin. Okay, oh, that's why I was diagnosed potentially with breast cancer. Or, okay, this increases my risk for breast cancer and I already have multiple risk factors. Let's do something about it based on these estrogen results. And so it's really nice to just be that much more comprehensive when we look at urine testing. Now, the problem with urine testing is that it's exactly that. It's urine. And so companies had what's called 24-hour urine where you essentially pee in a big jug, like a big jug, and you'd have to do it like all your urine for 24 hours. And it's kind of annoying and nobody wants that in their fridge. So along came Dutch test and Dutch stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And basically that's kind of like peeing on a pregnancy test. It's these pieces of filter paper that you just pee on, you know, four, if not five times a day, let them air dry and mail them back to the lab. So it's way more convenient than collecting all your urine, storing it in your fridge, and then getting it to the lab. Yes, I can personally speak to the Dutch test and peeing on the filter paper. And it is really easy and really not messy. And it's nice that you can do it at your home just throughout the day. It's really, really nice. Now, it's one thing to get the Dutch test. It's one thing to, you know, to send it in, to get it analyzed. But I would have to say that most people who are receiving the results from their Dutch test wouldn't necessarily know what any of it meant. And what's the next step? Are we looking for a functional doctor? Are we we're just looking for doctors or any type of practitioner who can interpret those results? Yeah, absolutely. And Dutch can help you find somebody. Or maybe your functional practitioner already does. Maybe you're, you're a naturopathic doctor, you're a medical doctor, you're an acupuncturist, potentially, you know, just whatever holistic functional health practitioner you have might be a Dutch test user and can go ahead and explain the results for you, which is wonderful. And I agree the test it's, if you get the whole test, it's six pages of comprehensiveness. If hormones aren't your thing, if you don't know anything about the endocrine system, you just know you feel hormonally off, then it's really nice to see somebody who can personalize it to you and just guide you through it. Like, here's what these dials mean. Here's what these numbers mean for you. And here's what we're going to do. Agreed. Now, when someone is deciding to order the Dutch test, what are some of the biggest things that they're most concerned about? Is it more estrogen metabolism? Is it the relationship between estrogen and progesterone? Is it cortisol? Like what are oftentimes, what are the biggest concerns that people have or why they're looking at a Dutch test to begin with? Yeah, it actually it's like D all of the above. So I'd say like the most common symptoms for sure are fatigue and insomnia are the big ones. So I'm tired in the morning, I can't sleep or I wake up multiple times. I can't lose weight. That's a huge one we get, you know, checked off on the symptom box. All things related to estrogen and progesterone. So think PMS, fibroids, fibrocystic breasts, endometriosis, infertility issues, skin issues, hair issues. We sort of get this whole 
again, like that estrogen progesterone balance and then estrogen metabolism. And then on the flip side, we get all the androgen stuff. So I have no sex drive. I have PCOS and, and I have a lot of cystic acne or, you know, hair growth in places I don't want. Again, fatigue. I can't build muscle. I feel like my muscle's turning squishy. It's turning into fat. That's all the androgen, testosterone, DHEA. And so these are the symptoms that women are you know, checking off on the box like, yes, yes, yep, 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 I have those. And these hormones can play a really big role in all of that, which is why it's nice to know them. Absolutely. Well, what's so nice about the Dutch test is that it really answers a lot of those questions or at least validates why women are feeling the way that they are. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's go into estrogen metabolism. Let's talk about estrogen detox. And what I loved, I loved on Instagram. And really quickly, can you just, while, while we're having this conversation, tell me your Instagram handle so that we know where to find you. And I'm just going to end up sending more people your way to <laughs> For education. <laughs> yes, it's at dr.carryjones. So at well, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was even a month or two ago, you did a segment on estrogen metabolism, and you talked about the three phases of detox and the importance of understanding what issues may be going on in all three phases, right? Because at any point along the way, there could be a concern or an issue, and it's important understanding all those three phases. So let's talk a little bit about why women want to know about their estrogen metabolites. And then let's get into the detox process and what do we need to know there too? Absolutely. So you make it like ladies, we make an estrogen or maybe we're taking an estrogen or we've got estrogen in our system and it has to be detoxed. And so if you don't have a very functional detox, if it's slow at any of the three points, then these are the women who tend to report all those estrogen dominant type symptoms, PMS, fibrocystic breasts, skin issues, libido issues, weight gain issues, fertility issues, fibroid issues, endometriosis, things like that. And so by knowing how your body gets estrogen out of your system, you can effectively help address those conditions, which is really wonderful, especially if it's an estrogen only issue. Maybe it's not, maybe progesterone's fine. Maybe it's just all estrogen. That's the problem. And so by knowing these three phases, man, you can do, you can do so much because there's so much you can do, even just from a lifestyle perspective, a dietary perspective, it's sort of all of these phases. And it just helps basically open up the pathway and get estrogen out in a healthy manner. Hmm. Quick question about that. So let's say we, we run the Dutch test. Let's say we have the symptoms, right? Fibrocystic breast, weight gain, PMS that is just driving you up the wall, moon challenges. Like it's quite obvious. You look at the list of estrogen dominance or, or something going on with estrogen and something isn't right. It kind of starts matching up. And then you run the Dutch test and you look at the different pathways in which estrogen is being sent down. And once you have a sense of where it's going, does it make sense to just optimize the three phases of our detox pathways, whether we find estrogen is going down the right pathway or not? Or, I mean, should that something be something that we should always be mindful of or only when we see that estrogen is going down the pathway that may be more driven towards cancer? Well, the great thing is, I think we're always somewhat mindful in that from a, like a lifestyle dietary, avoiding certain, you know, chemicals, being careful of don't use BPA and, you know, what chemicals you put on your skin and what you use in your house and air fresheners and all that stuff. When you're mindful of that, just in general for your health, you will be mindful of your estrogen detox automatically because all of those things affect 
which pathway your, your estrogen goat is down. So my analogy is always the same. Always. It's always a clawfoot bathtub. So the amount of like the kind of water, the amount of water, how fast your water is coming in your bathtub, think of that like your phase one. So your estrogen is in circulation and now it's coming into the liver as water into phase one. Then your drain is your phase two. So the fit your, you go from water out the drain. And then phase three is actually done through your intestines. So that's actually tested in stool testing. And that's like your water and everything going out of your sewer line and connecting to the sewer system of the city. So if your water is fast, if it's slow, if it's the wrong kind of water, if your drain is closed, and if your sewer line is blocked, like you are just going to be a hot mess of estrogen symptoms all over the place. And so people will often say, well, where do I start based on what I find in testing? And I'm like, you know what? I teach it is phase one, two, three. So water, drain, sewer line, but you address it as three, two, one, because you can change your water as much as you want. But if your sewer line is blocked, you're still going to have an overflowing bathtub, right? Like if your sewer line is closed, like everything is going to overflow your sinks, your toilet, your tub, it doesn't matter. So you have to address that sewer line and then you go up. And then once the sewer lines open, then you address the drain. Because again, you can address the water all you want, but if your drain is closed, what's the point? You're still going to overflow. And then we move to the water when it comes to estrogen detox. Well, one of the things that I think a lot of women don't realize is that we are, every second of the day, we're sending estrogen out the door. Every second of every minute of every day, we do. Yep. It doesn't take Christmas off. It doesn't take President's Day off. Like It's not like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. No, I quit today. What happened in today? (laughs) So true. So gut first, then phase two, then phase one. Is there a phase, just curious, is there a phase that you find is more backed up than another phase? We don't test phase three on the Dutch test. That's stool testing. But I would say given the sheer amount of intestinal complaints that people have, and and it's amazing the number of people who think it's normal. You know, when you're talking to women and I'm like, oh, do you have GI issues, intestinal issues? And they're like, no. Like, well, do you like, do you have a bowel movement every day? No. You know, do you have gas and bloating? Oh, I have that all the time. I look pregnant by the end of the day. You know, do you get heartburn? Oh yeah, quite a bit, but it's their normal. They've had it for so long that they don't realize what's going on. So by addressing all the intestinal stuff, I find that the estrogen stuff, at least 50% gets better just by addressing the intestinal stuff. And I know it's not Dutch testing. It's a whole different test, but like, how great is that? How great if you get pooping every day and if you're have a happy microbiome and you don't get heartburn and you, you know, you don't feel bloated all the time, like boom, you're going to have much healthier hormones because of that. Not just estrogen, but progesterone and cortisol. I mean, it's insulin, thyroid, serotonin. serotonin. Yeah. All of these hormones are happening inside of our gut microbiome. And if our gut is unhappy, we're definitely, I don't know if you ever attribute this, but I feel like a lot of our symptoms, oftentimes the symptoms I see in women, at least I guess me, because I am always dealing with women with hormones, but those symptoms, I always think of hormones as kind of like throwing up that white flag real early, letting women know something isn't right. I always tell people, you know, it's about looking at the bigger picture. What's throwing your hormones off, you know, because they're not trying to be thrown off. They're really trying to do their best to work in your body and do their job. But there oftentimes there's some type of disruption, whether it's your gut, you're fighting some type of infection, or you've got a lot of toxins, or you've got a lot of stress and trauma that could be throwing a lot of these things off. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Preach it, girl. (laughs) 
Let's talk about, ooh, let's talk about the hormone that has gotten me in all kinds of trouble personally. And we do our best, cortisol and I do our best to get along as much as possible. <laughs> ooh, that was probably the first test I ever ran, you know, 10 plus years ago when I was like, what is going on? What can I get out of bed? I had the worst chronic fatigue and just wasn't sure what was happening. And sure enough, cortisol was whacked out. At the time, Dutch test wasn't available. It was saliva for me. So talk to me about one, how do we test cortisol? What are we looking for? Because a cortisol test with Dutch is very different than a salivary test. We, we get to see a lot more of what's going on, how we're using cortisol, what amount of cortisol is in the system, how we're metabolizing cortisol. And it gives us a lot of information about what is going on throughout the day in, in what we're, how we're using it. Like for instance, I knew when I ran my Dutch test the first time several years ago that I burned through it like wildfire. So that was important for me to know. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, what do we need to know about cortisol and, and why this test matters for it? I think people need to know a lot more than they think they need to know. So usually, historically, saliva testing focuses on just free cortisol. Now, free cortisol is your active hormone. It's what binds to receptor and does the things. Like you need a lot of free cortisol. But what you also need to know, just like you said, is you need to know how much you're making in total and how fast or slow you're metabolizing it because that's super affected by your liver health, your thyroid, infections, pain, inflammation, maybe an anorexic or disordered eating history, certain medications you're on. Like All of these things will affect your ability to use or not cortisol. So if you have low free cortisol, like you did, can't bind to receptors, can't do the things, you need to figure out why. Is it because you're burning through it too quickly? Is it because you can't make it at all? Is it because you're on something that's suppressing it? You just didn't realize it? Is it because you have a, a secret hypothyroid issue that needs to be addressed? I mean, there's like a there's so many reasons that we can sort of look or like, okay, that rock needs to be turned over when we're looking at the Dutch test. And then on top of that, we need to know how much of that cortisol is getting deactivated to cortisone. So cortisone is the deactivated form. It's inactive. It, it doesn't bind to receptors and do the things. It can't. But your body flips it back and forth all day long in different areas of the body, depending on what you need, where you need it, what gland is being affected, what receptors are you know being inundated or not. So some people have a higher preference for cortisone, which means they make cortisol, but deactivate it to cortisone. So they have what we call a deactivation problem. So they're tired because they make it, but it's like poof, inactive, poof, inactive, poof, inactive. And so by knowing this in the Dutch test, I can say, do you have a make it problem, a metabolism problem, a free problem, or a deactivation problem? And then we can properly address it, which is great because sometimes people go, oh, I tried that. I tried that herb or I saw somebody for cortisol and it didn't help. What they gave me didn't work. You know, it's like, well, they might've had great intentions, but if they're missing the big picture, then it isn't going to be much help for you, unfortunately. Absolutely. And I know we're going to talk about the cortisol awakening response in a second, but I was really curious. A lot of people, you know, we like to designate a cortisol issue as adrenal fatigue. And can you speak to that a little bit for me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> adrenal fatigue. Conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Adrenal fatigue. Okay. So first of all, I will say, to all the people who think that they have adrenal fatigue, I fully believe your symptoms. I am not knocking your symptoms at all. I understand. I get you. And then number two, if you have Addison's disease, 
then that is the true disease where you can't make cortisol. That is, it's a real autoimmune condition. Can't make Very cortisol. rare. Yes. But it's rare. Yes, it is rare, but it's the true condition. You can't make cortisol. So then people are like, oh, I have adrenal fatigue. My adrenals have, have given out and they don't make cortisol anymore. I'm like, no. So biochemically, your adrenals do not give out like your ovaries do in menopause, right? You're in menopause, your ovaries don't have any follicles left. Therefore, you can't make hormone. It's not the way your adrenals work. Your adrenals don't hit 50 years old and are like, poof, I'm done too. Like if the ovaries are, I'm done too. Like it doesn't work that way. If anything, they kick in. It, right, they have to because they're like the new ovary. <laughs> I know, they're like, my the time new is ovary, Adrenals. <laughs> and I think that people think they're, oh, they're poor little adrenals. I feel like it's like kill the messenger are somehow withering away because they're stressed. Right, it's a brain thing. So what happens is the body is pumping out cortisol and it's a, there's a negative feedback. So the body pumps out cortisol and then the cortisol goes back up to the brain and goes, all right, we're done, we have enough, stop. And so the brain slows down production and now we have low cortisol output or you have something going on in your brain maybe you have a history of tbi like brain injury you've gotten in a car accident you played sports you slip and fell something hit your head maybe you're on a medication like prednisone or steroid inhalers steroid nasal sprays for allergies asthma things like that that's quite suppressive i'm trying to think of other big ones Anything that just affects brain to adrenal communication will affect cortisol output would also trauma or perceived stress or yes yeah over time over time because over time, usually what happens is in the instance of trauma their cortisol will go up as a protective measure and if it stays up over time it starts to decline because the brain will say we've had enough of this this is too much cortisol let's let's slow down the production because of that feedback loop and so cortisol production goes down so people say I have adrenal fatigue. And it's usually they can tell you they've had a very either traumatic or stressful five years, 10 years, childhood. You know, it's there's usually a story with it that tells me, like, okay, the brain has tried really hard to protect you through all of that and your adrenals, but you can only burn the candle at both ends for so long before you meet in the middle and you're out of candle. And it's the same in your body. So your glands don't literally run out of the cells to produce cortisol, what happens is you run out of the signal <laughs> from the brain to make cortisol. It even can happen in things like smokers or diabetics because the cigarettes, the toxins in the cigarette smoke clog up the tiny little capillaries and hormones travel through the bloodstream. You know, di uh, diabetics with high blood sugar, that sugar, that glucose gets in the, in the capillaries and then in the hormone can't get through. And so it can be a real problem. That's like a physical problem. Like uh, I would call that a limitation of matter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> limitation of matter. So hormones can't get where they need to go on the super highway. Yeah, exactly. In LA. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like LA traffic, <laughs> which is all the time. <laughs> all the time. Hormones are never getting through that system. Right. Exactly. Okay. So no adrenal fatigue. Yes. And so no adrenal fatigue. And again, it's, it's just that, like you said, the symptoms are real. We just accidentally have designated it as the, the, inappropriate, the inappropriate designation. Now that we know that there are a couple different ways where we've got to figure out where cortisol or cortisol, whether it is, whether it's a, a deactivation situation, it's a metabolism situation, whatever it may be, 
I know we're not talking specifically about how to fix it, but talk to me about what you look at regarding the cortisol awakening response. Cause I know that a lot of people haven't heard about it. Right. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people have heard about it. They just oh, don't no, know what that's called. called. Yeah. Exactly. So everyone knows cortisol goes up in the morning. Everyone knows it does. Like it's to get your butt out of bed, get you moving, get you going. It's like a little caffeine zip. It right? is without, 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 the without caffeine. caffeine. Theory. <laughs> Although some of us need it. So the cortisol awakening response is what happens as soon as our eyeballs wake up in the morning, as soon as we open and light comes in, then the brain and the adrenals communicate and you pump out cortisol very, very quickly, very quickly in 30 minutes. And the reason is you're trying to convert from conscious, which is when your eyes are open and you recognize it's morning and you need to get up to alert. It's a normal response. It's not a stress response. It's not a fight or flight response. It's a normal, like, let's get this human being from conscious to alert. But it does other cool things. It helps increase your blood sugar a little bit because you've been fasting all night. So it's like, she, you know, she just woke up. Let's give her some glucose in her system to help her be alert, help her get going. From the liver? Is that where we're getting that? Or yep. from? Okay. I just, little, little things like that. But people don't know that we have a glycogen reserve in the liver. And that we can actually survive for quite some time without a candy bar. So I know. Hard to believe. I know. <laughs> and the other thing, it's very anti-inflammatory. So when your cortisol goes up in a normal fashion like that, it's suppressive to your inflammatory, what they're called cytokines. Cytokines are like little messengers that like poke the bear. They keep making more inflammation. And it really helps reduce autoimmune risk, believe it or not. That rise in cortisol, that steep rise in cortisol helps kill autoimmune cells that were accidentally created in your thymus glands, not, not thyroid, but thymus. And so women and men who don't get that normal rise in the morning, they're not alert. <laughs> they're, they often have more inflammation than the average person. They often have blood sugar dysregulation, hyper or hypoglycemic. And they often are at risk for autoimmune, or maybe they already have autoimmune and their symptoms are worse. Now, the flip side is if you are a hyper cortisol person in the morning, you're hypervigilant, those people tend to feel more stressed out. They're more stressed about their day. They have anxiety and panic in the morning. They wake up with their heart racing or they think about their day and their heart starts racing. They wake up and they're instantly busy. That's an overexpression of the cortisol awakening response. So it's definitely like Goldilocks. We need to go up quickly, but not too quickly, not too much. <laughs> like, let's not give you anxiety, but let's not increase your risk for autoimmune. So if someone is feeling high strung and just overwhelmed out, out the gate, then they know we got to figure out a way to scale it back. Would that be the key symptom of just like something? Okay. And it's usually people will say, I wake with. Or in the morning, I wake up so tired. I hit snooze. I need coffee. Carrie, I wake up and my joints hurt. I can't wake up. You know, I wake up and I have headaches. I wake up and I'm nauseous. I wake up, I feel dizzy. I wake up and panic. I wake up, stand up, and I just don't feel good. Versus people who are like, oh, you know, do you have joint pain? Yeah, throughout the day. Do you feel inflamed? Yeah, but it's throughout the day. That's a little bit different. This is the I wake up people or in the morning people. It's the first thing they notice. Yep. Yeah. And it's really obvious. People know it, right? You know, if you wake up and you have to hit snooze six times, you know it, you know, if you wake up and you instantly feel <laughs> like you have to get your day going and your kids are screaming and your dog just threw up and you just got a bad text message and you know, your feet haven't even hit the floor yet. That sounds like a terrible way to start your day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's common. It's common. 
women who are listening to this will probably type in the comments like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, I know. that happened. A friend of mine who had a Roomba and their dog had a, well, you can see where this went. And the Roomba spread crap all over the floor. I mean, like you wake up to something like that, but okay. So let me just distinguish. Cause I know some days maybe someone really burns it out the day before really overdoes it, maybe wakes up tired the next day, but we're talking about consistently every single day, not like there. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. No, it's very influenced, influenced by situational things. If you have to get up at four in the morning to go to the airport, like you're going to screw up your cortisol awakening response. Like it just, it is. If, if you wake up and you, your dog is thrown up everywhere, you know, like you're going to go from zero to 10 really quickly because it's just situational. But if that's your normal, if there's always a fire to put out or you're always hitting snooze a hundred times and you can't get out of bed and you need at least two cups of coffee to talk to people, like always, then you know you're probably one way or the other. Now, it's incredibly sleep dependent. I was going to so, say, And yeah. it's very, very easy to fix. It's not a complicated subject, but what's, what I love about it is it's very easy to fix. And it's usually free or cheap to fix it. And sleep is what really drives the cortisol awakening response response in the morning. So if you have crappy sleep, you're going to have a bad response. If you consistently are getting good sleep, that's like 50% of it right there. Yeah. If someone's consistently only getting five hours of sleep every night, you're going to wake up feeling like crap every morning. Like you're not going to have, your body's not going to, you know, that response isn't going to kick in the way that it should. And if someone is getting eight hours of sleep, let's say that they are, and they're still waking up like someone just Mack trucked them then there's more lifestyle techniques that they've got to implement. Absolutely. And when you implement them, implement them in the first 30 minutes of waking. So if your functional practitioner has you on herbs, nutrients, oils, do them within the first 30 minutes because you have about 30 minutes to affect the cortisol awakening response. Because what happens is people are given supplements or nutrients or whatever they do in the morning by their practitioner and they're like, here, take this in the morning. And so what do they do? They get up, they get ready they have breakfast, they go to work or they get their kids off to school. And then they're like, oh yeah, my morning supplements. And it's too late. You've missed it. So you want to do whatever you do in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. absolutely. And even, even with like, let's say this kind of a far extreme, like let's say someone's got hypothyroid or they need to be taking those medications right out the gate, probably as a response to how our cortisol is functioning as well. So just be very mindful about you taking those supplements and following those protocols. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. You know, a lot of people I don't think knew that cortisol, you know, so often it gets such a bad rap. We don't realize how important it is, how much of a regulator it is, particularly for the immune system, for inflammation, and even killing off potential misbehaving autoimmune driven cells and the importance of getting that back on track. Yeah. And blood sugar. So many people, um, if you can't get your blood sugar under control, you'll never get your cortisol release your circadian rhythm under control. And I don't think people realize that because they're like, oh, I skip meals sometimes, or I'm rushing, or you know, I'm driving and eating, or I get hangry, you know, I get hypoglycemic. Your body is going to do what it can to fix you and to balance you. But if you keep abusing the system, you're going to continually have a messed up system. So you have to address it. It's one of the first things you have to address. Absolutely. And it goes vice versa. I know if you constantly put yourself in, I call it the clutch the pearls moments. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot this thing. You know, you're just constantly, I feel like, I don't know how many times women are clutching the pearls per day, but, and you don't have to wear pearls to do it, that you are, you're constantly spiking insulin, right? To respond it's to that. Glucose. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're causing that breakdown because the body's like, oh, 
there must be a tiger. You're going to run. Like, let's give you as much glucose as possible to feed the brain. The brain is the priority in fight or flight situations, except if you're not actually running, if it's just a bad text message or a bad email or, you know, you, something's going on with your kids or your partner or whatever your job, but you're just All sitting there. <laughs> right. <All day. laughs> right. Yeah, but you continually have this higher than average glucose because your body's like, feed the brain, feed the brain, feed the brain. You're going to run. There's a tiger run from the tiger, but you're just, here we are just sitting here <laughs> and you don't use it. You don't use it up. You don't use it up at all. We never needed it. It's interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize it goes both ways. One of the things that you had mentioned too is how hypothyroid can impact cortisol levels. Oh, hugely. Yeah. And vice versa. If we're constantly in the survival mode, we've got to push that metabolic pedal. And a lot of people think that only cortisol has an impact on our thyroid. And we don't realize that your thyroid has a massive impact on the way cortisol functions. Absolutely. Especially slow or low hypothyroid. I mean, when you're hypothyroid, it slows everything down. It slows your hair growth down. It slows your, your energy down. It slows your intestines down. So you get constipation, right? It'll slow your cortisol production and metabolism down as well. So oftentimes we, are, we think, oh, I need to address my cortisol first and then my thyroid second. I'm like, well, sometimes actually it's the other way around. It's your thyroid slowing your cortisol production down and metabolism. So fix the thyroid and then your brain adrenal axis will get better. Absolutely. And I think it's also upstream from, from estrogen metabolism. If these three is happening in the digestive system and it's super slow, not only will we have an issue with removing estrogen to begin with, but if we're chronically constipated, we are most likely going to reabsorb that back into the system. Yep. Absolutely. The estrogen that was tagged to be excreted, pooped out, because you're constipated, just gets reabsorbed. Yep, exactly. Just trying to show everyone. Yeah. <laughs> the web of the whole body. The hip bone is totally connected to the thigh bone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, so often what we'll see, and I don't know if you see this a lot, is that someone doesn't know they're hypothyroid and they see a disruption in estrogen and progesterone downstream. You know, we're trying to fix the downstream the estrogen, the progesterone, whatever's going on here. And we've never actually looked at what's going on up here. That's why I love the Dutch test because we get to see the whole picture. We get to kind of like figure it all out all in, at least if you've got a great integrative doctor who can see the entire picture, they can begin to put it all together for you. Right. Or at least the Dutch test can point you in other directions. Like these markers are low or high, like, oh, wow, you need to go get your thyroid checked. Like, oh, oh, wow, you need to get some stool testing, intestinal work done because of these markers, like we can see this. And so we can at least point you in other directions as well. Absolutely. So I know you have a wonderful, because I know a lot of people are going to want to get the Dutch test. Goodness knows I'm constantly sending people to website. <laughs> go, get it, go get it, go get it. Or get a doctor who's going to order it for you. You know, however you want to do it. The beautiful thing is, is we can order it ourselves. Is that correct? Yeah, it is correct. Yep. People can order it for themselves on the Dutch test. Now, on the one hand, like you said in the beginning, like it's awesome. You can get it. You're going to get six pages of information on the downside. It's like learning Spanish. There you go. You still, and like, yeah, even worse than Spanish. It's like learning Klingon, you know? So <laughs> well, I was growing up, my grandma wanted me, because I'm, I'm from a Mexican family. So my grandmother wanted me to be a scientist. She wanted me to be a biochemist. And I actually never learned Spanish. And I used to tell people growing up that I can speak biochemistry. <laughs> it's a different language altogether. Like, 
I can speak biochemistry. Yeah, well, you can now. <laughs> yeah, I can, absolutely. So just note that it's really difficult to interpret by yourself. Out practically, I would say relatively impossible to interpret by yourself. You really need somebody who knows what the labs mean. Right. And we can, Dutch can help you. We can like wherever you are in the world, literally the world, we can direct you to a practitioner or pra a list of practitioners you can check out and see if that's the person you should go see to go over your results. And that's great. And some of these practitioners, they can do, we can do this like as a teleconference or yes. yeah. take, that's what people are going to want to know as well. Cause I meet women out of like, let's say Alabama or small little towns in Tennessee. And there's nobody within many, many miles. You know, that's always a concern. And thankfully, with telemedicine being so popular now, um, and a lot of really great practitioners are moving that direction, it's wonderful. We can say, like, we have a list. Here's a list of people who do it. And, like, they're happy to help you on the phone, over Skype, on email. Let's say I'm a woman who definitely wants to find that practitioner, but also wants to just know more. Besides going to your Instagram and just reading posts, <laughs> post, is there anywhere else? I know that the Dutch website has some great resources. Is there anywhere else that you would, you want to steer them to, to just understand a little, you know, we, we definitely covered some major key areas, but we didn't cover everything. We didn't cover androgens. We didn't cover testosterone. You know, the areas we didn't cover and I'll probably get to bring you back, but where is our resources that we can go and, and at least kind of get an understanding of what's going on? You know, I would say, well, one, your podcast, people should just keep listening, <laughs> right? In your book, like, let's just stick with the basics here. But again, like you said, so in Dutch, all of the webinars, all, everything we have is free. You don't have to be a practitioner to listen to them and follow along. You can just go and start there. Like, so you can even order your own test. Like some people might be listening and thinking, well, I have some hormone education. I have some, I understand some of this. I'm not an expert, but I, you know, I'm like basic intermediate. Go to the website, go to dutchtest.com, start watching the videos. You can educate yourself, follow along with your own test. And that can be really empowering and, and really helpful to direct where you need to go and what you need to take. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. We have a little bit of foundation and we have resources and we know the test to take. So I feel like we hit the major points <laughs> on it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, thank, thank goodness for the gram, right? Thank goodness for the gram. Reach absolutely. Out. We are. <laughs> Thank goodness for the gram. And I'll have all the links in the show notes. And thank you so much, Carrie, for coming on and sharing your brilliance with us today. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. You know what I love most about the Dutch test is that you can order it yourself. You don't have to wait for a doctor to find out what's going on with your body. Here's the deal. Millions of women suffer from hormonal imbalances, whether it is through menopause, weight gain, fatigue, low libido, PMS symptoms, mood swings, depression, all of these symptoms can lead to more serious problems if misdiagnosed. And I know I have felt so many of those things listed myself and definitely felt like I needed to figure out the root cause of what was going on with me. But it can be difficult if we don't have the right testing to properly identify what's going on. Now, what I love about the Dutch test is that it was intentionally created to provide a lot of insight to many of these hormone-driven concerns, concerns that you and I are dealing with every single day. Now, as Dr. Carey mentioned, it's a great starting place to begin to understand which pathways in the body have been impacted. And then the next step is figuring out, well, what is causing those hormones to become imbalanced in the first place? But what I believe is that knowing is half the battle. And then once we have that information, then we can dig into the root cause information, and then we can really truly begin to heal. Now, if you're interested in checking out the Dutch test, 
Carrie has also included a coupon code just in case you want to get started and check it out. Like I said, it's super easy to use. You're pretty much peeing on, <laughs> on felt paper, so it's very, very easy to use throughout the day. She gave us a $50 coupon that you can use. It'll be in the show notes, but basically the coupon code is DUTCH50, and you just go to checkout at dutchtest.com. Once you order it, you just put in the code DUTCH50, and then voila, it ships to your house. And hopefully, if you don't have an integrative practitioner or a functional practitioner who can read the Dutch test, like she said, they have great resources and practitioners who will absolutely be open to helping you get the answers that you deserve, right? Because it's one thing to have a test. It's another thing to understand it and then have a game plan around it. And that is definitely going to require some type of integrative practitioner to really understand what's going on with your hormone system. Now, this episode is episode 120. So if you go to the show notes for episode 120 or you go to my website, drmarisa.com slash podcast, you will find that episode and then you can grab the little coupon to go get started. I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. On the next episode, I am bringing on the spiritual queen from London and we're talking about manifesting and redefining your version of wealth and wellness. Now, Emma Mumford is going to be giving us a behind-the-scenes look into manifesting our dreams, our wealth, and our health. And I don't know about you, but I am full in when it comes to manifesting all the goodness in my life. So this is a little bit different than hormone talk, but I think it's an area where we all want to just dig in a little bit deeper to create the life that we want to live. So please join me for the next episode with Emma. I think you're going to love it as much as I do. Talk to you guys soon. Have an amazing day. Bye.